Hello and welcome to the podcast. I'm Jenna Morton. And I'm Tosh Taylor. And today we are spending another beautiful day outside. We are. It's fantastic <laughs> fall weather here in New Brunswick. Today we want to say a big thank you before we start off to this episode's sponsor, Jillian Crooks. She's a registered a holistic nutritionist with Rehab One and Moncton. So a big thank you for this episode's sponsorship. She's just starting a 12-week program that you can sign up for. And if you listen to the uh, ad in the show a little bit later, you'll be able to check that out and get some more details. And you can always go back in our archives and find the episode that we recorded with Jillian when you can hear her incredible yeah. story. She is just simply amazing what she has done. So today, and actually we talk about this every single time we do a podcast, about how much we love our province and how much we want everybody to know about our province. But one thing that you probably picked up on us is that we also really like to empower women. And that's something that we're going to do today. We're going to talk women in politics and see where that goes today with two extremely influential women in the greater Moncton area and right down the 114 to Hillsboro these days too. So we're going to introduce you now to uh, Melody Land, who is a counselor in Hillsboro. And then we also have a former counselor with us, Tammy Rampersad. Tammy, welcome. Hi, thank you. <laughs> you want to start? Go ahead. Sure. You've got all the questions, so let's do it. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I think we're going to start today, Melody, with you, yes. as you are fairly newly I elected. Am. The municipal elections were back in the spring. Yes. How's it going so far? It's going really, really well. Um, there's certainly a huge learning curve. It's my first term ever serving, um, though I have been really involved in the community in the past as well. But it is uh, certainly a learning curve. We had a lot of training to do, which I took part of all of it and then rewatch the tapes. That's the great thing with COVID. Everything's recorded <laughs> on Zoom. <laughs> so I got to rewatch everything and I work really, really closely um, with my colleagues as well as our mayor to learn the ropes. Um, but I'm very, very involved. I'm on, I think, seven or eight different committees. and Two of them with me. Two of them <laughs> with Tosh. Um, I am the chair of a couple of different committees. So it's been really wonderful in a lot of ways. So right off the bat, that sounds like a huge time commitment to me. Is it more or less than you were expecting going in? Uh, yes to both. I think I knew what the range could be. I was educated beforehand and asked a lot of questions, particularly of our administrator clerk who has been in the position for 16 years. So she's really knows the ropes herself. And so I did take time to ask her a few questions. And essentially she said, you can make it what you want it to be. So you can be involved. We're only mandated in uh, our jurisdiction to be in up to four different committees to represent the village. But I've kind of taken on a little bit more than that because of my own personal passions and the things that I see happening um, within the community that I want to be a part of. Tammy, you spent some time on council and, and same thing. You were involved in everything. Yeah, it was, well, we moved here 14 years ago. I'm from Amherst originally, but I grew up in Mississauga. And um, we moved here and the kids were young and I got involved in the school and everything grew from there, right? It's, it's a community, a greater community in a province that allows for that. And we really, if we didn't have volunteerism, we wouldn't be uh, you know, the province that we are. So everything snowballed from there and I knew how much I love my community and wanted to give back. Um, and so then I ran. What are you doing now that, that, uh, that you're not on town council? 
That's a great question. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I actually, it's, it's funny because I had run for mayor and I wasn't successful and it, it was in the spring and it led into the summer and I really wanted to take the summer. I was afforded the opportunity to take the summer to really have a look at myself, uh, my worth. I think it's interesting, even though I ran for mayor and people would say that that's really brave to do that. Somehow I think I lost the value of my worth along the way and I often did things that people expected me to do. And I wanted to take the summer to look at my skill set and what would make me happy in the future. And um, so I've gone back to school. I'm, I'm taking a public relations, um, public communication course with Dalhousie and I'm starting my own public relations firm. So that's, that's really where my, my passion is and my time right now. I'm wondering if you'd expand a little bit on that idea of, because I think it's probably very easy to lose yourself along the way when you're in the public eye, no matter what that job is, but especially in politics. And I'm wondering, especially since we have, you know, kind of the right the here to learn from a mentor, <laughs> what, what can you share more about that part of the experience? Yeah, and I think you sound like you're similar. Um, and you There's want to, you know what, your heart, your heart is wrapped around yes, everything, right? And, and you really do want to do this for all the right reasons and make a difference and make an impact and, you know, fix everything in the world, exactly. right? Exactly. Um, I get that. And so for me, it was, like I said, everything snowballs. So people ask you to get involved and you get involved. It's hard to say no but it's not a bad thing to say no. So it's okay to say no sometimes. Yes. Check yourself, check you know, what your priorities are, where your heart is, um, really if, if um, it's the right thing for you to do at that time. Um, again, because you have to take care of yourself, right? We always have to take care of ourselves. My worth, coming back to that, I think because I got involved with my community so much and when we moved here, I stayed home with my children. So I had a, a career in management and human resources prior to moving here. But when we moved here, my husband traveled so much, the kids were young, we were new to the area, I stayed home. So I think some of my worth to myself was lost a little bit then. And uh, I think this summer I helped really reevaluate and uh, you know, people would ask me, what do you do outside of council? What are you doing? And, and I would say, I'm just, yes. and so I've removed yeah. that word the just. from mm -hmm. myself. And it's a work in pro progress, but yes. So you're not just anything. It's, and it's important to do. And I found that even running because, you know, the, the idea when I started to run, first of all, there was more women running in our election than there ever had been before. Um, there was more options in our riding than there ever was before. And I knew I had to work really hard. The message I had initially received was, uh, you know, we don't really campaign like that here. And it was about knowing my worth. It's funny how you said that because the entire process for me was focusing on who am I and this is who I am authentically, even if, and a lot of people didn't like it. You know, it's people love to, give you the feedback and I got a lot of feedback, particularly 
in some of my areas of my activism because I'm an active LGBTQ ally, because I'm an active voice for marginalized individuals, because I think social services are imperative to be offered by a village or a town or a city, not an option. And so a lot of those um, were new ideas for a lot of people and it was threatening for a lot of people and went against the grain for a lot. So I, there was a lot of negativity thrown at me and for a little while I stopped and I was, what am I doing? I had that moment, like is this, I can't fix anything. My first council meeting, I made a motion that wasn't even seconded so it couldn't be discussed. Nobody would speak to it. And I'm not going to lie, and I would say this to anybody, that was really hard yeah. because you go into it wanting things to be better and to do better. And I had to, somebody very wise told me, they're like, remember, it's, it's seed planting and continue to be authentic to who you are. So midway through the campaign, I literally stopped for about three days and I was, do I tone it down? And I thought, no, I don't tone it down because all voices matter and my voice is just as important my voice isn't just as it as is as important I had to take the just out mm -hmm. <laughs> and it was phenomenal and so you know it was very close um, I got in by 19 votes and the person above me by 11 next to me and so I don't take those margins lightly um, also remembering like you said it's okay to say no sometimes again I've got to prove it I've got to prove myself that I'm here. And I don't know that any other counselors, I don't know that that is something that is not unique maybe to being a female in a predominantly male-dominated environment. Like I have to prove myself. I can't be too passionate because then that's emotional or all those sorts of things. So that has been a learning process for me on an intrinsic level. Um, balancing all of that but the focus always being this is who I am this is what I offer and this is what I think is important and if it's important for me I know for sure it's important to somebody else maybe they just haven't had the chance yet okay are you like me can you relate to any of these questions you're struggling with unwanted weight gain and low energy you have afternoon energy crashes, you can't get enough caffeine throughout the day, or you're working out, but you're stuck at the same weight with no change. Any of that sound like you as well? So I want to introduce you to today's episode sponsor, Jillian Crooks. Jillian is a registered holistic nutritionist with Rehab One. And right now she's got a 90 day health coaching program that helps you eliminate the problem of unwanted weight gain, fatigue, and it brings you through a step-by-step -step of everything you're gonna need to completely transform your health. I am telling you, I've been working with Jillian for about a month, two months now, and I have never, honestly, in my life, all of a sudden had so much energy. It's unbelievable. Imagine having Jillian in your back pocket. She's been where you have been. We've interviewed Jillian. She has an absolutely remarkable story of her own journey to health and wellness and having this beautiful, vibrant personality. I think that Jillian is exactly what you need in your life. So if you want to take part in her 12-week program, then why don't you contact her now for the Vibrant Wellness Project? 
Jillian has made it her life's work to take a scientific and soulful approach to nutrition, mindset, and lifestyle. And now she wants to share it with you and the world. You can give Jillian a call at 506-962-1740. That's 506-962-1740. Did you face any of the same issues when you first got on town council here in Riverview? Mm -hmm. I think I think a lot of it is uh, females share those burdens and not everybody else does. But it's also a personality thing. You know, some people care more than others. Yes. For some, different things. Some people fill seats. You know what I mean? And and we've all been on committees and and involved in groups and organizations where some people sign up for things and they're hardly there or they, they don't make an impact. Um, I think that you're probably very much like me and, and want to do as much as you can, mm -hmm. right? So that's a difference in personality too, and not everybody carries that. It's true. It doesn't make them bad people. No, it's exactly. just who they are, right? And exactly. it's who we are. So I do, I, uh, I did carry that with me too. And I felt like I was somebody that always, always had to prove something. And it is hard too, it's, um, you know that Ruth Bader Ginsburg, um, speak the truth even if your your voice shakes right, right? exactly or, or i i don't know that i said that properly but that really resonated with me yeah. because that happened a few times yeah. it's scary sometimes to be the only one that's scary to not have your motion second so that you couldn't even have a couldn't conversation couldn't even present it right and it was and, so, and i i understand now at the time it was like i was shaking because i thought did i did i do something wrong and then I realized that, no, I didn't do anything wrong. It was that this issue, like you said, it's not as important to somebody else. So maybe I planted a seed and now I can step away for a little while and continue the work that I do. And change is and hard. And change is hard. To be fair, like you're in Hillsboro, is. we're in R Riverview, and, and there's a difference there. We're still not Moncton, we're not Toronto. Yes. Um, but in Hillsboro, the way that you campaigned, it was never done before. Right. Right. And so you, you were louder, you were out there, all what you should be doing, but they hadn't seen that before. So that's hard for people to get used to, too. And, you, and I've been trying and as I've been learning, it's just to give people a lot of grace with that because change is hard. It's hard for me. And so because I represent a lot of that ideology, change is going to be even more difficult. And so I have to remember just to give everybody that I work with a lot of grace and understanding and realize that that's okay. You know, we're all there. And even if you don't agree with a voice, it doesn't mean that it's not important that it's there. And that's kind of what I talked about even during the campaign is that you might not agree with everything I, I believe in, but we need to acknowledge that it is important that that diversity and diversity is so incredibly important when you sit at any table, whether it's local government or a committee or around your living room at a family meeting. You're going to have that. I'm wondering, Tammy, especially since you've been in the, the political public role longer, have you noticed any shifts over the time in the way, you know, is the message coming through? Are people the equal value of different opinions? or are people not accepting and after it? That's really interesting because I, I was thinking about that recently actually and, and when you're asking the question I know exactly what you're asking and I'm 
I'm, I'm trying to give you a solid answer, but I think it's, it's kind of split up. Like we can talk about it both ways. I think that there is an attention and a growing respect amongst some for diversity and for women empowering and you know all of that and it's if we look at mental health we could say the same thing uh, we know more about it we talk more about it it's out there but at the same time are they actionable um, results that we're seeing you know what I mean so um, I'll still and I don't know about campaigning in, in, in Hillsborough but being a woman you will still get um, very unflavorable um, things said about you um, online and it's such an immediate online world right now and and so quick so quick um, and even at the doors right the comments that you hear sometimes are are less than stellar. Um, You're so I'm trying to be. <laughs> and I'm sure that our counterparts have not experienced that part of things. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like I'm I'm sure they, they get they get their hate online and Definitely. and challenged and stuff too, but there's an element there that that comes toward, you know, females. Is unique. Uh, well, and you ran, like we're talking about Melody's different campaign, but you also did. Um, your signage was different. Nobody yes. had ever seen anything like that. Your, your buttons. And I can't imagine for, like we're both living in places where, where people don't like change. So <laughs> I, like when you ran that different kind of campaign, did you find that it got you a lot of extra attention or negative attention or? Yeah, that was neat. So even in 2016, when I ran for counselor at large, I used the, the caricature on some of my signage, not all. So like on lawn signs and some of the literature and buttons. And then I did the exact same thing um, in my mayoral campaign. So not on everything because I wanted people to know that I, I could be different. I could be refreshing and inventive and fun um, and fun. Yes, absolutely. And I'm also going to give you a shout out. You were the, one of the first people I can remember locally who did like the vertical signs. Yeah. Oh yeah. Rather yes. than like yeah. the big horizontal, yeah. like Tammy with that graphic redhead. Yeah. Boom. It was. Yeah. It stood out here. Yeah. My daughter noticed it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> she's really into politics and she's only seven. I love that. <laughs> she noticed it. Yeah. And I did. I had, I was scared because I didn't want people to think that I was just not taking it seriously. So I wanted to balance it and I think I did. And the feedback honestly was far more positive both times Good. around the negative. But yes, there was some negative, um, especially from folks that supported, you know, the other side, right? Of course, they're going to find things that they want to say negative. But overall, I can't tell you how many people said to me that they loved the signage because it was different and it was refreshing and that they never really cared about politics or paying attention. And everybody brings that, right? Like yeah. you would have brought, whether you run for a party or not, you still brought a following of people you bring that believe a different, in you, exactly. right? And you grow that as well. Exactly. So, you, you know, I would bring a different following along with me, but then you want to grow that as well. So it, it was really nice to hear positive feedback on that, mm -hmm. especially from a town that you might think is difficult with change, right? So it was scary to do that though. Yeah, absolutely. So, so I wanted to switch gears and talk about, because I noticed uh, through both the campaigns, I tried to interview as many people running as I possibly could. And 
one thing that was said to me, and I will not say who it was, but it was about women running because we should be home raising our families. And I went, really? Tammy raised three kids while in council. Melody, you're raising a daughter. Like, how did you make that work? Especially with Warren being away too, right? So how did you make that all balance out? In the beginning, as I said, when I got involved with the school and, and Warren is away, well, not during COVID. COVID, <laughs> <laughs> everybody's home. We're stuck with yeah. each other more than <laughs> right? but, but he would be traveling quite a bit. And it was like, I would pay for babysitting a lot for things that I couldn't bring my children to, right? And not everybody has to do that, right? But you could be a single parent of either a sex too, or. Um, or however you identify and still be faced with that. So that was something. What was awesome though, is that my children went through all of these processes with me. They've campaigned several times. They're part of this world. They're far more aware. Like you said, yes. your daughter is very political. <laughs> and I'm thankful for that. Like my children will not vote. This time around, I met a, a gentleman, sweet guy over on Windsor a little bit older than me and I'm 48. We talked about we talked about our age. He had said he never voted in his life. Wow. He's lived there forever, never voted in any election. And I was harassing him. We had a great conversation. <laughs> and I asked him, seriously, I need you to vote. Whatever you vote, however yeah. you vote, you need to vote. And then I said, am I going to have to come back every single election and knock <laughs> and on your door to tell you to vote? <laughs> but it's amazing how many people don't, mm -hmm. right? So it's about connecting with them. And so I'm glad that my children kind of grew up in this. But, you know, it, Terry McMacken in Petticodiac, you know, she campaigned with a, a, a newborn and talked about, you know, she had to have conversations with her council about maybe having your children have being babysat while you're in a council meeting. And should those things be an option, you know, for people who are elected officials? So that's a whole conversation that can be had. Well, I was going to ask about your experiences with that in this province in particular, because it's not, it's not something I've encountered a whole lot because I haven't been involved with a lot of committees that aren't kind of based around a lot of women, right? So a lot of committees I've been involved with, mm -hmm. we meet when the kids are in school or in the evening when we know, and I've even been on groups where, oh yeah, okay, do you need to hire a babysitter to come here? Let me know how much it is. The group is going to pay for it. Okay because they've been very female-led groups. Yes. But a friend of mine who has run politically in Nova Scotia has basically spent her entire political career, she's a single mom, constantly having to push, not just within politics, but even within her professional life. Mm -hmm. you know, if you want to have a conference and you want to make it equal, you need childcare for whoever might need it. Like you said, it's not a female issue. Right. It's an issue of equality. And I'm wondering, like, is that something that's actively being talked about at a municipal provincial level here at all? Or is it something that's hopefully coming? Well, federally, <laughs> so I, I was first vice president too with the Union of Municipalities. And that's a conversation that we started having for our annual general meetings, right? Because there were women's voices bringing it forward. Um, if there aren't, it's not going to get talked about. That's why we need women everywhere at the tables, right? To talk about these things. Meanwhile, you're right. It's not just a woman's issue, but the women are going to bring it up um, as with other issues, right? Um, 
federally, um, FCM, so our membership with them, their annual conference, they, they have made allowances for that. So people like Terry McMacken can go there and sign up for childcare and not have to pay for it and she can attend the sessions, which is amazing. And then still possibly go visit and breastfeed and then come back to a session, right? right? So it is something that needs to be more incorporated, but if you don't have the right people asking for asking it and questions. pushing for it, it's not good. And if you don't have a female-led organization or committee, it might never get brought up. It's very true. And that was a common question I was asked um, by the by constituents is, how do you plan on having the time? You work at, I had run my own business and then COVID, um, <laughs> so that's changed a little bit. And my husband works in healthcare. And so, you know, it's it's been a lot. The past two years has been a lot. So how are you going to do it? And uh, that was a question I had to answer that, you know, I've created my life to do this. My daughter's also very excited about it. And it's a question that needs to be asked. Absolutely. Well, and we're going to have to ask it again another time because we are running out of time for this conversation today, <laughs> which sure we knew was going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> but thank you both mm -hmm. so much for coming and for having such an open conversation. And I know that it's going to spark other conversations, especially between the two of you, because these two are going to go off and just spend the rest of the day together, I'm sure. Yeah. We will add into the show notes and everything how people can find you guys online. You both have still very public social media accounts. So if people are interested in learning more about what it might be like to get into the business of politics. Absolutely. And we want to thank this episode's sponsor, Jillian Crooks. Jillian is a registered holistic nutritionist at Rehab One in Moncton, and she's starting a really awesome 12-week program to help you kind of like up your nutrition, get your energy back. I've been doing it. <laughs> it's amazing. The fact that I'm not sitting right now is a blessing. So if you wanted to check out Jillian Crooks, we highly suggest it. Thanks, everyone. <laughs>